I'd like for you to look in your Bible today. This is the first Sunday of the year, and this will be my 30th first Sunday of the year of preaching uh, to you folks. And I don't know if it's done any good or not. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. And uh, this year's theme is In His Steps. And uh, I think uh, if you'll read that book and uh, attend the services tonight, Brother Andrew will be preaching Vision Night, and we'll be passing out the calendars, I think, this evening. I'm not too sure. We have a new calendar and, and uh, uh, some other material next week. We'll be giving you the budget for this next year and uh, go through the expenditures of last year and so forth and so on. And uh, you say, what did you do with all the money that was taken up last year? Spend it. <laughs> Just spend it. Just give it to folk. Bought buses and bought diesel fuel and uh, fixed this and fixed that and just uh, nothing to it, you know, a $10,000 electric bill a month. They, they, they give us that because we're saved. They always send us this light bill and say, don't worry about it, preacher. You're saved, so you don't have to remit anything. But uh, we'll be going over that, and we're looking forward to the best year of the history of our church, number 30. And uh, uh, all of our guests, we're glad you're here today. And uh, I was supposed to sing, but he wouldn't let me. And he's supposed to preach, and I wouldn't let him. So... Uh, I told Brother Sean I'd probably sing tonight and show him up. <laughs> in your Bible, 1 Kings chapter number 17, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter number 17, first Sunday of the year, the beginning of Stewardship Month, January always, we stress stewardship, and uh, we teach what the Bible talks about, stewardship, money management, and so forth and so on, time management, talent management, and so forth and so on. And so I was watching Fox News. I, I don't like to watch Fox News. I don't like to watch any news. I get mad and get in the flesh, and my wife won't let me do anything about it, so um, as far as I can see, we're in a mess. I mean, America's so broke, she can't even afford to pay attention. We're in a mess. Politically, we are a mess. Economically, we're a mess. In fact, you could probably say that... Uh, your name is Anna, and you spelled your last name M-E-S-S. -S. We're in a mess. And I'd like to preach to you today on trusting God when everything's a mess. You know, I'm 96 years old, give or take a few years. 
And I'm more excited about serving our Lord right today than I was when I was young and good looking. Now that I'm old and ugly and getting uglier every day, this is a good time to serve the Lord. And it's a good time to count for something. It's a good time to make your life count, not for time, but eternity. And I wouldn't take back these 50 years that I've been preaching the gospel. Not a, there's not enough money in the world to buy the blessings of preaching the gospel for now on 50 years. And I'll tell you, if I was young and good looking like Kevin on the front row, I'd probably be young and good looking like Kevin. In your Bible, serving God, trusting God when everything's a mess. Trusting God in troublesome times. Trusting God when all you can hear about is terrorism. Trusting God when we're running political campaign on economy. Nobody trusts politicians. Nobody trusts preachers. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. I'd like to talk to you for just a while. Out of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And the Bible says, And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab the king. Now, if you ever want to see a resume of Elijah, that's all there is right there, Elijah the Tishbite. Not much said about him, not much known about him. And here he's confronting the king. And as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. He's taking a lot for granted, isn't he? And nobody from nowhere shows up down at the king's house and said, it's not going to rain for three years and six months. Put her down. I said it. I'm going to close up heaven. It's not going to rain for three years and six months. And nobody from nowhere shows up and speaks to the somebody of the day, King Ahab, who married Jezebel. Good name for a girl if you have one. He's not very smart or he wouldn't have married a woman with the name Jezebel. Verse 2, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Well, he done opened his mouth to the king now, so he's got to run for his life. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. You know, back when I was working... They used to have those tow main trucks that come by before lunch and lunch and after lunch. They called them tow main wagons in those days. How would you like your tow main wagon to be a couple of buzzards? Elijah, go down to the brook. The king's after you. 
It's going to get tough, buddy. Not going to rain for three and six months. Going to get dry, drought. Go down to the brook, and I'll feed you there. A couple of buzzards will come by in the afternoon and the morning. Take care of you. Take a little faith, don't you think? Thank God it ain't that bad yet, right? Hmm? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith there, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. Has your brook ever dried up? When you absolutely, for the first time in a long time, saw the sunshine, then it got cloudy. You walk in to see your wife in the morning and you're wanting that encouraging word. Is that your nose or are you eating a banana, she says. Has your brook ever dried up? Well, the baby said hers had. Verse 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him and said, Rise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Well, when your brook dries up, always good to have a rich widow around to take care of you, I suppose, would you say? Ain't God good? <laughs> Ain't God good? We're in a drought. Been drinking by the brook and the buzzard's been bringing my food and all of a sudden the, drink, the brook dries up. Thank God he's got a rich widow woman to take care of me. Huh? Amen. Let's go now. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, a widow woman, was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. She was going to fetch it. He called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Rich widow woman. Brook dried up. Now the widow woman's dried up. Tell me, could it get any worse? Three year and six months drought? No water, no grass, no vegetation, a couple of buzzards, and the brook dries up. Go and seize the widow, and she dries up. Bad times. Verse 14, For thus saith the Lord of God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went, did according to the saying of Elijah, she and he and her house did eat many days. 
and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crucible fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Let's pray. Father, today, in a congregation this size, I know there must be hurt, disappointment, sorrow, grief, happiness, Every emotion that we can ever imagine is here today. And Lord, as we launch into this new year, Lord, I pray that we have not face it with fear, but with faith. Realizing that the God who created everything is still in control. And Lord, I pray that we'd remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For you said, they that come up to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, Lord, help us this next year make our life count for Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's one common element that binds all of us together today, regardless of who we are, where we're from, what we're doing. There is one thing that binds us all together. And that one thing is that we all have needs. Needs of every kind of imaginable you can imagine. We all have material needs, do we not? And if we're not careful, we'll allow those material needs take precedence over every other need. And we get the cart before the horse. Can you say amen? And all of these things that we're running for, they trip us up in our spiritual walk for Christ. We all have spiritual needs. And we all have material needs. We all have emotional needs. If you pastor it as long as I have... About 95% of the time you walk around having emotional needs, not knowing whether you're going to go crazy or not. America has needs today. America has political needs. Terrible, 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 terrible political needs. America has economic needs. It's frightening how rapid our national debt is growing. I don't think we'll ever be able to pay it back. Used to, we were strong enough militarily, we could just tell them, look through that porthole as you go back to China and take what you got and leave. But we can't do that anymore because our military has been absolutely dwarfed by our economic needs. We all have needs. America has a moral need. We've lost all conscience of more morality in America. I mean, uh, we have to be politically correct or we're absolutely incorrect. Is that not so? How would you like to say what you'd like to say without somebody putting it on her cell phone? Huh? How would you like? You never know who's taking your picture anymore, amen? Well, you just don't know, you know, it, you can't be yourself because if you're yourself, you're not politically correct. Amen. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be nice to go to heaven and for one time you could say anything to anybody 
anywhere you want to. It's just up there you won't want to. I have some drivers on a regular basis tell me what they think of me. They even think that I'm only one year old. Yeah. You could shoot them and then go to Mexico. But they'll come and get you. So we have needs. Do we not have needs? We have all needs. America has needs. Our church has needs. Our church has spiritual needs. Our church has uh, uh, domestic needs. Uh, you know, I, I, I like the way there's a lot of our folks that walk into church, you know, they walk in smiling. That and said a word to one another all the way from the house. They got mad because the kid wasn't ready to go to church. Now they're fussing at one another. They're so mad they can't stand it. They come to church, they turn on that Baptist smile. I sit back there to bed. What's that thing called back yonder? The atrium. I sit back on the atrium acting like I'm drinking coffee during Sunday school. I'm not doing that. I'm watching you religious folk walk by with your phony smile on your face. I say, go ahead and tell her what you think of her. <laughs> go ahead and say it. I don't believe you have the nerve. And they say, no, I do. Our church has domestic needs. Our church has spiritual needs. And, and here... Do you think any of this costs money? Or do you think maybe they just built this and give it to us because we're good guys? Would you believe, now I know this is far beyond your imagination, would you believe that we have to pay for this every week? See these two deadbeats on the platform? They're actually getting paid. Come on, say amen. Preacher, I don't know why you have to mention money. You like air conditioning? You like heat? You like the air conditioning? You like the lights? Uh, our church, as well as our homes, have needs. We have domestic needs. We have spiritual needs, we have emotional needs, but we also have material needs. We have to pay for this. We like for our visitors to be comfortable when they get here. That's why it's one temperature here, and it's one temperature there, and it's another one here, and another one there, and we've arranged it upstairs to where it's a little warmer up there than it is down here, and it gets warmer as you go that way. Now, that is dealing with a satisfied customer. That's seeker-friendly. If you do not like the temperature where you're sitting now, the next time we stand up to sing, move. Because it'll be different wherever you go. I have ladies bring quilts. It's not because they're modest. It's because they're freezing in certain areas of our church. We have needs. Now, I just want to talk to you a minute this morning. What should be our action 
and I resort when needs arise. Because you're going to have needs. Garrett is in school. He's broke. He's got needs. Look how pitiful he looks. I've taught him to look broke. If you're a preacher, you've got to learn how to take an offering. You've got to look broke. Right, Garrett? Garrett has needs. Well, do you have any needs? Has somebody in your family suddenly become ill? Has somebody in your family, like this week, had an automobile accident? Has somebody in your family gone to the doctor and got a bad report? Have you had a check bounce to the church? (laughs) That's a bad deal. If it's going to bounce, keep it. We don't want it either. (laughs) And when it bounces, don't the bank take advantage of that. You can bounce one check and end up $7,492 in a hold before the day's over. Do you have any needs? If you do not have one now, you'll have one soon. Some of you folks are planning on getting married. Let's pray. (laughs) You think you've got needs now? Just wait till you say, I do. What should our reaction be and our action be? Because we're all going to have needs in 2016. We're going to have material needs. We'll have emotional, domestic, spiritual. We're going to have these needs. What should our what should our call to action be? Well, I jotted down three three things here that we can do with our needs. Uh, number one, I guess we can always worry about them. You know any worry warts? I knew one one time. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, the Bible says. The beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. And so today, if you want to face 2016 with faith, you can do that. Faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Faith puts our Little old handicaps in the hand of Almighty God. Faith is the upreached hand of God, man, taking a hold of what God can do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report by faith. We believe that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now you can enter 2016 in faith, or you can enter it in fear full of anxiety. Someone has said 40% of all the things that folk worry about never happen. 30% of the things that we worry about is in the past and we can't change them. 
Think about that. 12% of the things about which we worry about is criticism by others, and most of it's not true. Worry about it, I guess. The Bible said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We can worry about it. Yeah, I know worry works. I know some folks worry because they don't have anything to worry about. Don't it make us feel better? and more religious to help God a little bit and worry about it. The Bible says sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. It says take no thought, don't worry about tomorrow. For sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Have you ever thought about this? How crazy it is worrying about tomorrow's problems with today's grace. It's crazy to worry about it. In your Bible, the book of Matthew, chapter number 6, our Lord gives us a solution to this thing called worry. Do you know anybody that ever worries? Are you a worry wart? Watch this. Jesus said in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6, No man can serve two masters, for either he will love the hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought or don't worry about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than hamburger and bologna, and your body more than overalls? What are you worried about? Eat. Behold the fowls of the fair. They, 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 they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? I'll tell you what let's do. Let's, let's just sit down and worry about what we're going to do to this day. What we're going to eat. Let's just worry about how we're going to get to girls. Let's just worry about what kind of clothes. Let's just worry about how we're going to pay the car. Let's just worry about how we're going to pay the house. Let's just worry about, oh, uh, uh, electricity's going up. Power's going up. Uh, uh, let's just worry about the job because gas is down. Let's just worry about, let, let, let's, not, let's not have fun. Let's just worry a little bit. So let's, let's kind of act like we're worried. This is how you worry. See our young people? They're worried. Look at them. Smile. How do you better smile? You better smile, son. 
You know where they learned that? You've been looking at me like calf looking at Newgate all morning. You don't know whether to run or jump. You say, is that old man going to fall off the platform and break his neck? Quit worrying about that. Don't worry about that. That's why we put these handrails here. Billy put them here so I could guide myself around here. Hey, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat. God takes care of the birds, takes care of the fowl. Won't he take care of you? Now listen here. You're going to have needs. Yes, sir, you sure are. And so you can worry about it or you can trust God for it. Just said, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Somebody said, listen to this, anxiety is a thin stream of fear trickling through your mind. Watch this. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. To worry is to cut that channel in your brain so that every other thought will fall into that same channel and you end up with a nervous breakdown worrying about, well, what's the preacher going to do next? What's he going to buy next? What's he going to spend all that money for? What's he preaching on tithing for? What's them two guys sitting on the platform? Are they bouncers or are they ushers? Uh, what's the, what the, what the, what? Oh, blow it out your ears. Quit worrying about it. Believe God. He'll all take care of it. We can worry about it. We sure can. All of our needs, we can worry about them. Yeah. Or maybe we can try to meet all of our needs ourselves. Maybe we just leave God out of it. Just We just take care of ourselves. Let me ask them, how's it going? How's it working? We've left God out of America and look how broke we are. We're not a bankrupt materially. We are bankrupt spiritually in this nation. We've kicked God out, and we kicked him out of the school. We've kicked him out of the public house. We've kicked him off the walls down to courthouse. we kicked him out, and look what we have today. But bless God, we're not kicking him out of this church. He's welcome here any time and all the time. Can you say amen? We can't fix it ourselves. Folk come to me, want my counsel, and I look at them and I say, I'm worse off than they are. <laughs> well, preacher, I need to talk to you. Really? <laughs> well, preacher, I'm an emotional mess. Me too. Preacher, I'm about to cloud up and go in all directions. One time, I've already been there twice, and I'm going again. Man, you just need the Lord. That's what we need. We need to trust Him in troublesome times. Yes, sir. Now, I'll tell you something else we can do. We can trust God for it. For all of our needs. Look in your book, book of Proverbs. I want you to just look at the book of Proverbs. You say, well, a preacher, I, I don't know about this. Now, look. All of my needs this next year, me and Ginger, we have plenty of needs. We sure do. God takes care of us. And this next year, we're not going to worry about it. They want one of my cars. If it's not paid for, they can have it. Warranty's gone on them anyhow. But they can't buy my house because my house paid for it. 
They want one of my dogs. You can have Andrews. I'm feeding his. Or Mandy's. She can't have my dog. Don't worry about it. Watch this. Proverbs 3, verse 5. I can quote it for you, but it'll help you a little bit. This next year, 2016, when we start talking about stewardship this month, and when we start talking about tithing, and we start talking about giving sacrificial, and we talk about giving and God giving back to you, and time management, money management, and talent management, when we start doing that, this is what you're going to have to do. Verse 5 of Proverbs chapter number 3. Do any of you believe the Bible? It says, do what? Trust the Lord. Is that what it says? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he what? Well. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Verse number 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be what? Health. 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 Hey, let me give you 66 books of health food. Health. Grace ain't going to kill you. Grace just slickens you up a little. Fried foods is going to kill you. My 96-year-old aunt with Garrett's snuff stuck down between her gum and her cheek. Frying everything in the world that she eats twice with lard. Lardy, that's good. Amen. Hog fat. Lord, mercy, real life butter, yes. Could I please open your mind to 66 books of health? It shall be health, what? Trust in the Lord. Get your worry wart out of your life. Get your emotions straightened up by spiritually being fit. And it shall be health to thy navel, the Bible said. That's what it said. Is that what it said? Yeah, that's what it said. Man, I kind of believe that. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. Watch this. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Preacher, I don't have any barns. Start tithing, you might get some barns. Barns be filled. I guess we could always worry about our needs. Or maybe we could meet our own needs. Or maybe we could just trust God to meet our needs for us. Would that be all right? Well, now some of you are looking mad. But I just happen to have a glad verse here. Proverbs chapter number 8. Proverbs chapter number 8. Now look, I want you to know something. I believe what I'm talking to you about today, and I've proved it for 50 years that God 
will take care of us. For 50 years, I've punched no man's time clock. For 50 years, I've not taken one dime from an employer. Not one. That's why I'm about to have a nervous breakdown and broke and have no dog food. But I just believe the God of that book will keep his word. You believe that? So I guess I can quit worrying about my needs this next year. And one thing that is my co-pastor's learning, that God will provide. So I don't sit around and worry about who's going to fill in next trip. God will provide. Watch this. In your Bible, Verse 17, Proverbs chapter 8. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. I went for about, somebody stealing what I got. The guy who gave it to me is taking care of it. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. What's this? that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. There's men in our church, successful businessmen, who not only tithe off their weekly salary, they tithe off their gross income of their business. Would you believe God is blessing them? I'm not talking about 10 bucks. I'm not talking about 20 bucks. I'm not talking about 30 bucks. I'm talking about thousands a week they tithe. Tithe? It's hard to believe somebody give that much money to God. It's hard to believe that God give that much money to them. Tie. Durable riches. Well, that's one half of the introduction to the message that I was going to preach this morning. And we're done. But all of our needs this year, if placed in the hands of God, he said, I will not forsake thee, I will not leave thee, and I will bless thee. Is there anybody here who believes that God can meet our needs?
Well, I wish I had time to tell you about Elijah down by the brook. But I got caught up with the buzzards, and I just didn't get into the brook. And I wish I had time to tell you about a lady who did not bring her troubles on herself, but her troubles were brought on by a wicked political system, Ahab and Jezebel. And because of their wickedness and God's judgment upon that nation, now she is about to starve to death. And she and her family is now suffering all the consequences. Point to be made. Sometimes you do not bring your troubles on yourself. Sometimes somebody else are the problem of your troubles. But God still is on the throne. By the way, just to remind you, remember that brook that Elijah went and sat down for three or four days and drank the water from? Who do you think cut the path for the creek to flow? And how many years previously did he cut the path, realizing that one of these days Elijah would be at the creek needing a drink? God works in mysterious ways his miracles to perform. And then a tragedy. Sometimes our troubles are unannounced. In verses 17 and on, the widow's son died. Sometimes our troubles come unannounced. Sometimes our needs body slams us and we hit the ground and see no hope in sight. But thank God Elijah was there and raised the boy up and he walked away. God always will meet our needs. I close with this verse because I think a lot of times it's taken out of context. Philippians 4.19. Any of you remember that verse? It says, But my God shall supply all of your needs according to to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. For 76 years, God has done that for me. See, I really didn't know I needed a red-headed boy. I really didn't. When my wife told me she was pregnant with that guy, that's the closest I ever come to going to the mission field in my life. By myself. And Alaska looked awful good to me at 50 years old. And you're going to have that. I said, my Lord, I'll be in a wheelchair if that boy ever graduates. But I had no idea. 
I had no earthly idea that God was working it out for his good. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory. You know who he promised that to? He didn't promise that to deadbeats, tightwads, stingy, no-gooders. Let me read a few verses right before it in closing. Now ye of Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. This church the only one that sacrificially supported Paul on his missionary endeavors. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessities. This church was very generous in their giving toward the missionary endeavor of Paul. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Send big old buses in the parking lot. Every little boy and girl comes in. And hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. And responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God writes your name in the book of life. Begins to build a mansion for them in heaven. Every dollar you've given that went to buy diesel fuel, oil, or buses, that is fruit to your account. Every dollar of the million four given last year through this church, give to missionaries, bought buses, soul-winning endeavors, books, Bibles, every dime you put in that offering this year is fruit to your account when you get to heaven. You understand that? So to that crowd who was generous, who was obedient, to that crowd, God says, but my God shall supply all of your need. Because you gave, I will take care of your need. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.